Well, welcome to our At The Movie series, and we want to welcome our Stevensville campus. We're glad that you guys are joining us uh, this weekend by video. Uh, great things are happening out at Stevensville. We're glad that uh, you're with us this weekend. Uh, well, we've been in this series. Uh, we started last weekend uh, where we talked about on July 4th weekend, we talked about a movie that's really appropriate for the July 4th weekend, uh, uh, movie American Sniper, where uh, we talked about uh, kind of thinking about the book of Jonah and Jonah's story and how that relates to uh, God has a plan for us and we need to surrender our lives to the plan that God has uh, for us as we, as we follow uh, him. This weekend, uh, we take a look at Jurassic World. Um, Jurassic World is a movie that's out right now, a uh, hit movie that's out right now. Um, so you might not be familiar with the storyline. I don't know if that intrigued you, but uh, let me just give you kind of the update, or not update, give you the uh, kind of a summary. Uh, if you've not seen the movie or are not familiar with Jurassic uh, uh, Park and World and whatever, let me kind of give you the, 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 the kind of the overview of this uh, particular series uh, of movies. Uh, so Jurassic World is a movie that uh, takes place in a theme park where they've created dinosaurs, um, genetically engineered uh, dinosaurs. And so it's, uh, doesn't that sound like a good time? So it's the story of uh, Zach and, uh, and his brother Gray, two kids who have an aunt that, that helps to run the Jurassic World amusement park. And so she's too busy catering to the big wigs who are hopefully going to finance this new and maybe even have the naming rights to the new uh, super-duper dinosaur that they've created. And so uh, they get kind of lost and kind of going around the park on their own, and uh, a lot of things happen. But uh, uh, what was going on at the, at the park was that they had created this uh, genetically modified dinosaur because uh, they wanted to basically make some more money. And so they had done some... Uh, focus groups and focus groups told them that people wanted bigger, faster, smarter, more dangerous dinosaurs. They wanted to up, as you, if you saw the, the movie trailer, they wanted to up the wow factor on the dinosaurs as if going to see an actual dinosaur was not a wow factor enough. And so they create what was called the Indominus Rex. And to kind of summarize what this movie's about, is hubris and corporate greed. And, they've dri- and that, that hubris and that greed has driven them to create this super dinosaur. Now, here's a chart that uh, I found, and uh, it, it compares the, uh, the different sizes of dinosaurs. So this is, if you've heard of Tyrannosaurus rex, who's a 40-foot-tall, uh, massive, uh, killing-eating machine of his own right. And so they took him, they cross-bred him with Hannibal Lecter, if you know who he is, uh, and they created this guy, Indominus Rex. And so he's the super-duper, meaner, bigger, faster, stronger, more evil dinosaur. Uh, And again, the movie is all about, uh, because he... Uh, I don't want to kind of mess it up, but he actually does escape from his little cage that they have him in. And so you're on this island theme park with nowhere to go with this Indominus Rex uh, after you. And so it just didn't end well for them. And so that's kind of the, the gist of the movie. Again, it's a movie filled with human error and arrogance. Hubris, that, that old internal emotion that we often call pride. Pride. Pride to think that you could take the Tyrannosaurus Rex, and again, 
cross him with all these other uh, genetically modified animals and you could get this big, huge killing machine and that that's going to turn out okay. Proverbs 16, 18 says this. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Jurassic World is a case study in pride. It's a case study in this passage of scripture from Proverbs 16, 18, that, 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 that pride goes before destruction, that pride fo- or that destruction follows pride. Another case study on hubris, if you have your Bible and turn and encourage you to turn with me to the book of Judges. In the book of Judges, there's a story of a guy by the name of Samson. And Samson's story also is a story of hubris, of, of pride. And let me, again, if you, I mean, we can obviously see where, where Jurassic World is, uh, is that the whole uh, kind of storyline is filled with pride and, and arrogance. But what about Samson? Let me kind of give you a little background on the Samson story as we, as we see some parallels between uh, kind of the storyline of Jurassic World and what was going on in Samson's life. And hopefully we'll find some, some help in our own lives as we try to combat pride because we don't want the destruction that follows pride in our own lives. And so, and so Samson. Samson uh, was a guy, he was a, a Nazarite. A Nazarite is someone that from birth, is their lives are kind of set aside or dedicated to, uh, to God. Nazarites took a number of vows. They would uh, vow to, and here's just a partial list of that, they would vow uh, not to drink wine. They would vow not to touch or get near anything that was dead. They would vow not to cut their hair. Uh, and so having taken this vow, Samson, uh, this vow as a Nazarite, there are all kinds of expectations and all kinds of rules that Samson was to follow to fulfill this vow as a Nazarite. Now, the other thing you need to know about Samson is that he was super strong. Samson is like, and, and if you know the story, uh, uh, he's got this, this full head of hair that, that is kind of the key to his strength. So imagine, uh, if you're familiar with our staff, imagine taking uh, Pastor Kevin Perthius, who's pretty big, strong guy, and, and crossing him with Jake Seaton and his, his hair. And that's kind of the, that's the Samson kind of uh, uh, guy that, that, that you would get. And so imagine this long-haired, muscle-bound, jacked-up guy whose life was supposedly supposed to be wholeheartedly devoted to God. And that his life as being wholeheartedly devoted to God was going to be something that was going to be a blessing to the people around him, to God's people. So I want to check out if you would, in Judges 14, the first part of the story is we see pride at work in, in Samson's life. It says in verse 1 that Samson went down to Timnah, and at Timnah he saw one of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, to know who the Philistines were, the Philistines were the sworn enemies of Samson's people. So part of the tradition that, that Samson's people had was that they, uh, part of the law, part of the tradition was that they were not to marry unbelieving foreigners, i.e. enemies, i.e., Philistines. It just was not good. And so check out what Samson does after he sees this girl in verse 2. It says, and then he came up and he told his father and mother, I saw one of the daughters of the Philistines at Timnah. Now get her for me as my wife, 
But his father and mother said to him, Is there not a woman among the daughters of our relatives or among all our people that you must go to take a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? So his mom and dad, they're trying to reason with him. Hey, Samson, this is, this is not the way we do things. You, you, you're not supposed to, 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 to marry one of, one, of, one of those people. You're supposed to marry one of ours. There's all kinds of issues and trouble's going to come and there's laws against that. And you're not supposed to, basically is what they were telling him to, to do that and check out his reply back to his parents. When he cops an attitude with his parents, he says, but, Sam, says, but Samson said to his father, Get her for me. And I mean, imagine this, this attitude that he says it. So imagine, you know, put in your best teenager voice uh, and imagine uh, Samson saying this. Sorry, I didn't mean to offend all the teenagers in the room. Uh, uh, get her for me, for she is right in my eyes. Now, we don't necessarily use that terminology in our in our culture, she's right in my eyes. But he was saying that, 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 that he was attracted to her. He wants to marry her. That's, that's the one that he has chosen. And notice the reaction that he gives to his parents. His reaction when his parents were trying to be helpful, trying to, trying to help him kind of think through these, this decision that was going to affect his life. What, was, what, what does, as we think about pride, we think about hubris, what does, what does pride cause us to say? And we see it in Samson. Pride causes us to say, I know best. In the movie, they were talking about this genetic hybrid super dinosaur that has been engineered to boost ticket sales, to up the wow factor, to increase sponsorship income, hopefully, in this park. And in Jurassic World, there was a, a guy, one of the good guys, Owen. And he says this about the hubris and the pride that caused them to create this super dinosaur. He says, these people never learn. And when we never learn, when we're filled with pride, what we say is, I know best. So let's think about how that applies to our own life. Have you ever had that thought? You ever lived out that thought in your life, that prideful attitude, I know best? I know best in, in, in situations where you're not the expert, where you really don't know what you're talking about. You just kind of make stuff up because you want to feel like you know more than everybody else because it feels good to be able to tell people stuff. And there's some of us that struggle with that and, and we want to feel like we're the resident expert on every single area of life. That's pride. Or maybe at work. Maybe at work we're not in charge of anything necessarily. Maybe we are. And we, we, but we always, we always act like we, we know everything. We, we're, we're uh, and again, we might not even be in charge, but we have this internal conversation where we think to ourselves, everyone else is an idiot and I have all the answers. And we, and we, whether it's a boss or someone else or a coworker, we have this attitude, we have this, this sense about us that we live with and this pride just exudes from us. Or maybe there's a spiritual pride that we have. Is a spiritual pride, this hubris that's in us. We're really like a discipleship bully. Where our ideas about everything and our what we think about everything. That, it, that we try to push that off on everyone. And, we, and we, we spiritually kind of beat people up. And we are a discipleship bully fueled by our pride. Or maybe our pride comes out in our family. 
Maybe you're a parent and you think that as a parent you have to always be right and you can never say that you're sorry and you, you always have to be the one that's in charge. Or maybe it's pride in a, as a husband or a wife where you always have to know best. You always have to be the one that has, is, is making all the decisions. Or maybe it's pride as a kid where you're arrogant and prideful and you're always copping an attitude with your parents. Pride is something that can infect all of us. Proverbs 